Welcome to the IT Woodworker Podcast, where we discuss business and IT topics. I also include a woodworking project every once in a while, which is something that helps me keep my sanity in this fast-paced business we work in. If you enjoy the podcast, please like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, welcome to the next episode of the IT Woodworker, and we've been absent with my co-host here, Katie McCullough. So, so Katie, it's it's great to have you back. And where have you been? Can you tell our our, our eight or nine listeners that are, that are religiously listening where you've been? So it's all top secret, Chris. You know that. I'm in security. <laughs> I can't be giving you all the details. Come on. But yes, um, I have started a, a new job as a chief information security officer at a cloud data management uh, provider called Panzura, not Pandora, uh, Panzura. <laughs> um, so they are a global company uh, selling, again, the, the cloud data management services, uh, really a, focused on a global file system, if you will, that kind of provides real-time access to data uh, for customers that are sharing like huge architectural or um cad uh type data sets right mm -hmm. which you want to share across the world and sometimes people resort to just having to literally shift or, or ship a hard drive across the world yeah. because that's the only way they can collaborate our our company actually facilitates uh, doing that much more real time um and the extra benefit of that is because of the technology and the way we're designing the software um, our data, the data we put in that environment is immutable. And we have unfortunately had a few examples where for uh, unfortunate for our customers, they'd have had ransomware, but fortunate for them, they're using uh, Panzera Cloud FS and we're able to restore very quickly um, and keep their data safe. So it's it's very interesting and really trying to help beat the bad guys, which you know me, I love that stuff. Well, excellent. I'm, I'm imagining you're probably very big in the construction, architectural, manufacturing business where all the, the drawings are very yeah. intense. And yeah, and tons of use cases. I mean, to your point, definitely in those industries, but even the financial industry, um, a lot of like even research in um, hmm. uh, um, higher education and stuff like that, right? Uh, data sets right. that they're using. Yeah, it's, it's just been fat. And again, um much more in that global sp sphere so uh, all sorts of meeting wonderful people well great well, yeah. well katie congratulations on the new position and we'll Thank we'll you. throw we'll throw a link link in the podcast notes so that anybody needs to reach out and contact her um at panzer they can so again we missed you while you were gone we had a couple episodes without you we're here into the new year so katie what do you want to talk about today what kind of security things are on your mind well, I got to tell you, uh, Chris, it, it's always top of mind. And I know the, to your point, 10 listeners that we have might get tired of hearing <laughs> me talk about security. You got to start with the risk, right? What is the true, true risk? And you know, we've talked about risk assessments and those are important to do on a regular cadence, whether it's annually or whatever, where you look at your kind of environment and your, your framework holistically. And then you might bring up a, a new environment or a new service in your environment uh, uh, with your company. And maybe you do a risk assessment just on that one piece because it's you're injecting it into the environment. But the reality is every day new risks come out. 
whether it's because of the vendor software you use, aka Microsoft, but everybody uses all sorts of different software. You're constantly having to assess what does that vulnerability really mean to my business? Mm -hmm. um, and similarly, you've got administrators in your systems or you know uh, partners that you're working with that interject their own needs into your environment that may cause a risk to or certainly a policy exception to what you normally would do, whether that's how you handle passwords or hand, how you handle multi-factor. I mean, if you get an if you get somebody not being able to adhere to that because of a technology or whatever it is, my goal is to never be blindsided. I want to know those things. I want to capture those things and I want to have a discussion about them. And so ultimately what I'm talking about is really what you call a risk tracker, a risk um, matrix, um, call it whatever you you want, but it's, it's a, it's a focused list of the risks that you think what that not you think that you know mm -hmm. are in your environment and it helps you prioritize and most importantly it helps you not get blindsided and gives you a mechanism to report up to other business units certainly up to leadership potentially up to boards about here's the risk we have in the environment um so let me pause there because I'm feeling like a talking head and I know you got things spinning in your head because I could go on for this topic forever. So let me let me kind of frame it for for uh, for my mind, maybe a little bit simpler here. So, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, doing a risk assessment, understanding, you know, your risk, accepting certain levels of risk and then having yourself a plan that that's going to mitigate risk over the next, you know, let's say, 12 months. So what you're saying is you put that plan in place, you you know what risk you're going to accept, uh, so on and so forth. But then through the course of the day, just internally from a business perspective or from onboarding a new partner or whatever it may be, other risks are going to bubble up. So you need to look at those risks. You need to take them against the framework that you currently have and then evaluate it. So will we will we accept this risk? Well, yes, this this partner that we're working with, they may not have the same level of uh, uh, risk mitigation that we do, but you know, we you know, we make 80% of our business from them. Yes, we're going to accept that risk, but we're going to have to mitigate it. And everybody who's involved is going to is has to be on board. Is, is that what you're saying? So every day and you had me, you know, like, hey, I got this whole risk thing. We're going to look at over 12 months, Kitty. And now you're telling me I got to do it every day. Is that is that what's going on here? <laughs> it is a little bit. I mean, uh, we, we were talking, right? There's there's a listing every week of vulnerabilities that are published, right? And it is huge. It is a huge list. Now it's on technologies that a lot of companies aren't using. Yeah. But you've got to... Yeah, I mean, that list alone comes out every week and it's got thousands of vulnerabilities on it. Um, so you, but most importantly, you just have to have a system in place to say, hey, we're gonna look at these things. Now, keep in mind those vulnerabilities are, um, they're rated, right, as what are the really bad ones? And yeah. so you make a policy to say, hey, once a week, we're gonna check out nines and above or something, mm -hmm. right? And when you say um, nines and above, you mean that's uh, on a risk level from one to 10, right? Right. Okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah. And again, you the other important aspect is still going back to that original risk assessment. You identify your your most critical assets mm -hmm. and your most critical data and 
you might not be willing to accept a vulnerability that's just nine and above. You might go down to seven above because of the nature of that, how important that data is to your business. Sure. But having that conscious discussion and, and thought process is so important to not getting blindsided. But yeah. it, it is overwhelming. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just so, it's just it's just interesting to me that <laughs> as as a security officer, you're 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 getting risks brought to you every day. So not only is that list there, there's things that aren't even on that list that your organization is going to expose throughout the course of a day or throughout the course of a week. That's like, hey, Katie, you know where does this where does this whole fit into it? And and if you've got that plan there, you can say exactly this is where it fits into the plan. These are the people who need to be aware of it. This is the department. So I guess the scary part is if you don't have that framework in place, and you're like. I, I don't know. Let's shut it down. Let's totally shut this down. And then you find out when everybody's screaming, that's our main line of business. So, yeah, it's a crazy yeah. world you live in. Well, but that's just it, Chris. I couldn't live without that because how do I know what's the most important with all this, all these opportunities coming at us? You've got to have a methodology to understand that. And that's why having certain policies and, and controls in place help, because then you're just dealing with the exceptions. You, mm-hmm. You've got the day-to-day process that deals with vulnerability management, right? We're going to patch and we're going to scan. And that takes care of 99% of the issues when you've got a strong, disciplined process around that. You're going to have a few bubble up, right? All of a sudden, you're going to have a log 4J or, or a solar winds where it's impacting such a huge part of the the community that you have to take a look at that for your own environment and then you spend you know three even six months dealing with some of that stuff um but if you don't have some of that you know structure in place especially when the big things don't come at you now's the time to put the structure in place yeah so you can start feeding things into it and not just start playing whack-a-mole on all the different things that you could be dealing with and that's that's a really good point too because we've talked about it before. Y- your job as the security person isn't you're you're not out there to fix everything. You're out there to expose so people understand what the risks are and what and what they will accept. So when something comes up, you're not saying yes or no. You're saying, hey, this is what we have in place, and it's your decision if we were going to move forward with that or if we got to sit back and mitigate it before we're going to do it. So you're just bringing them the information and you're and you're kind of fitting it into the into the rubric where it belongs. Yeah, Chris, it's such an important point because the business, the various business units own that service or that data. Yeah, yeah. it's on technology that an IT center owns or certainly security is there to facilitate and, and consult with, but we can't, security teams can't fix the actual issues. Um, and so those business units um, have to be aware of the risk and, and ultimately they are, uh, they determine how much they're willing to accept that risk. We're just there to bring awareness and absolutely collaborate on helping fix the issue, but it's, and, and it's it's a discipline you've got to get into because you can't just out of the blue, you know, start peppering them with things. You've got to yeah. have a, a system and a methodology so it's not, oh, I sent you an email about that last week. What'd you do about it? Well, how does yeah. that help anybody? So yeah. setting up an official tracker that you can maintain updates on that uh, what's been important for me is establishing 
like monthly meetings where you sit down and yeah, it, it might feel a little laborious, but you sit down and, and you go over them. Maybe not the mediums or even certainly the lows, but the high ones that have a big risk impact, you got to be talking about those on some cadence. I get everybody's got a business to run and yeah. um, you got to stay focused on that, but I guarantee you everybody can afford 30 to 60 minutes a month with the various business units. And that's what we do. We, you know, mm-hmm. we got to meet with all the business units, but business units got to make that hour available to us once a month, maybe even once a quarter. And security, and you've said this before, and I've heard it before, security isn't just your responsibility, it's the organization's responsibility. And the more that they can accept that, and the more they participate in that, they're going to understand that, you know, if it's their call to shut something down, you know, you're not the, you're not stopping them from doing something, you're just telling them. And if they want, if they want to shut it down, that's great. And if they don't, that's great as well. But now they know the risk and it's, and it's really up to them. And once they can be a part of the team, then I, I think you're going to get way more collaboration and you're going to get a lot farther, a lot faster. But having oh, that absolutely. framework in place to do that is the is the key, is, it, is what it sounds like to me. Absolutely. Because if you're just peppering people with emails or I don't know who's walking down hallways uh, these days, but if you're walking down hallways and, you know, just saying, did you fix something? It doesn't work. You got to you got to have a, a process for it. And I, I believe me, I, I maybe I have become a process wonk because it's just required um, to have the formality you need to get some of these things addressed, but it can be simple too. It doesn't have to be, you know, a 20 page thou shalt and all these crazy things. It's, it is collaborating. It is documenting, you know, the outcomes and and just tracking the stuff. Um, To me, it's, it's the only way I know how to do my job. And I, I think more than anything, it does eventually help, companies run faster yeah. because they understand uh, if we got risks, we're going to be able to capture them in the moment as quickly as possible. Or more importantly, because we've got some discipline around more formal risk assessments, mm-hmm. we're getting in front of that stuff. It's not coming into us on the backside. Um, so, I mean, to me, all of it starts to feed itself to make you be able to go faster and just not have those things pop up. And that that document that you talked about, the risk assessment, where they say, you know, from nines or eights or sevens or fives or fours, if 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 you're on the front end of that and you decide that, hey, we can ex- we can accept anything that's, you know, seven or, or below in this area, then I mean, it's really simple. Hey, this is what the the risk is. This is where the numbers at. We can we can accept that, and we're just going to continue addressing it as we move along. I mean. That one's done. That's set and done, and you're running. So, getting getting everything set up on the front end makes the makes it run so much smoother. So, well, I know this use case is a little dated, and I I, I guarantee I can find newer ones. But WannaCry, right, was paralyzing for so many companies. The patch for that was out months before. Yeah, it it exploded on people, and if people would have assessed that risk, that vulnerability when it came out. I, I guarantee you more companies wouldn't have, less companies would have been impacted by that. Mm-hmm. But it, and, it's, and they, they would have, I mean, they would have looked at it and said, yes, this is the risk level. We're, we're willing to accept this risk level, but then we were going to, we need to address it. So as you continue with those meetings, that would get addressed is what you're saying, rather than just, hey, it's been out for months and, you know, nobody did anything and now look where we're at. So. Right, right. Yeah. 
Well, again, Katie, this has been uh, insightful and very helpful. Why don't we just break away for a, for a quick second here, and then we'll come back and wrap up. Absolutely. All right. Well, welcome back. So, Katie, I'm, I'm going to let you kind of wrap this up and hit on the highlights that we should be thinking about as we're rolling into the new year here. Yeah. So, um, my ask of everybody um, is you've got to have a way of tracking your risks, right? And I know it it sounds um, not very helpful, but it is, it's a spreadsheet, right? It's, it's saying, here's the risk we have, here's doing the assessment from a, an impact and a likelihood, how, you know, high, medium or low we think it is. And there's other data inputs that can come into that. You know, what is the data or the service that could be impacted? And just start tracking it and, and start having the conversations with your business units. Put time on their calendar. Come prepared with a list. Don't try to think back in your memory bank. So didn't we talk about these three things and where they're at? You've got to you've got to bring the discipline to it because the business units are focused on getting stuff done for the business. And so that is a security role is to help keep them aware of what the risks are. Look for their input in assessing that risk. They're closest to what the business is. You're closest to what the risk is and what the vulnerability could be used against, but you gotta collaborate. And then document the next steps. Mm-hmm. And again, sometimes that's gonna be, we're gonna accept it. Sometimes it's gonna be, well, we gotta do it, but can are there things we can do to mitigate it? Or maybe you can fully remediate it, right? All those mm-hmm. are options. So just quick risk register, document those things, come back the next month. You probably got a few new ones on there, right? (laughs) Um, But it's a discipline. um, And if you're not good at documenting, find somebody in your team that, you know, has that skill set. That's why you have a diverse uh, team. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just, you you start it when there isn't a crisis. Yeah. And then when in the midst of a crisis, it's going to move so much smooth, more smoothly. So absolutely. Well, Katie, as always, it's been a pleasure. You know, happy new year to you. Glad you're back and um, have a great, have a great day. Yeah, I I plan on it. And uh, hey, sorry about uh, all the bears. You know, we haven't quite given up yet. We still got Super Bowl on our mind. If you win it here out, which you did win that game. So you got three more to win. You have a a 70 or 67% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Karnecki? The, 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 he's a political uh, metrics guy. Mm-hmm. They, the, what, which is it? Fox or whatever now uses him to look at the the um, po- probability of different uh, football teams making mm-hmm. the the Super Bowl. It's yeah. it's pretty funny. I'm sure it was his probability that I was looking at then. Yeah, I'm like, how can they? How can they still be in in the running for the playoffs? I don't know. It doesn't make sense hey. to me. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure. Have a good day, Katie. Thanks. Thanks, Chris.